It was 1999. I was teaching a Bible study in, in Chicagoland area in a, in a town called Mondeland. Uh, I was still in college, and I remember I was teaching something about the love of God. And, you know, sometimes as teachers, we take things for granted. You know, it's almost like I thought well, most people here know what the love of God is. And so as I'm teaching the lesson, I noticed a young woman. She was really confused, and I'm thinking maybe I'm not coming across clearly. I don't know. She's having some issue with this lesson today. You know, we're talking about God is our Father. And then finally she said, you know, I, she said to me, I really have a tough time viewing God as a father because my father was a really bad example for me he was never there and so I, I just I just cannot picture God as a father you call him father but then the father that I have on earth was horrible I don't even have a relationship with him and you know I was just like I did not know what to say at that moment it's like and then and then later on I said you know yes I'm sorry that you your dad was really a bad example you don't even have a, a relationship with him what I can tell you is that our earthly fathers ought to be like God, the Father. He's the ultimate example. He's the perfect Father. We're not. And, and you know, but yeah, she, she, has, she had the toughest time understanding God as a loving Father when her dad, earthly dad, never showed, showed her love. And then I had the other example for somebody who was like 72 years old, and, and I'm preaching a sermon in a church in, Illinois, in Elgin, Illinois, and and he said to me at the end, he used to call me Reverend. Reverend. He said, hey, Reverend, you know, my father never told me that he loved me. And, and when he said that to me, I did not know what to say. It's like, I almost wanted to say, I'm sorry, man. He said, my father never told me that he loved us. And then he said, but he didn't have to. Because apparently his dad, is like, he, he showed it. Instead of saying, I love you, it's like, it was, there was no doubt in his mind that he felt loved by his dad, by his father. You see, the religious leaders, Pharisees and Sadducees, they, they always try to trap Jesus in his word. They came to Jesus and, and you know, they have, they have the toughest understanding and they have a, the toughest time comprehending why Jesus decided to hang out with tax collectors and sinners. Or Jesus is hanging out with the rejects of society. And they, they told him, why did you do that, Jesus? You are not like everybody else around here. And then Jesus told the story to illustrate the heart of God. In Luke chapter 15, there are three stories or parables that Jesus utilizes to illustrate the heart of God. Remember, there's the parable of the lost. There are three things that are lost, according to Jesus. There's a lost sheep, there's a lost coin, and finally, there, there is a lost son. And I'm going to take that latter part, uh, the parable of the lost son, to illustrate the heart of God. And God as a father, because it's a perfect story. And Jesus told the story in response to that question. Why do you choose to hang out with tax collectors and sinners? Why do you choose to hang out with people that nobody else would choose to hang out with? You got your Bibles with you in Luke 15. This is a story that Jesus told. One of the three stories that he told the Pharisees, Jewish audience he's talking to. And in verse 11 he says, and he said, this is Jesus said, there was a man who had two sons and the younger said to his father, Father, give me the share of property that is, that is coming to me. In other words, give me the, my inheritance. And he divided his property between them. Now many days later, the younger, the younger son gathered all that he, he had and took a journey into a, few, into a far country. And there he squandered his property in reckless living. 
And when he had spent everything, a severe famine arose in that country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country, who sent him into the fields to feed pigs. And he was longing to be fed with the pots that the pigs ate, and no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have more than enough bread? But I, I perish here with hunger. I will arise and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion and reigned and embraced him and kissed him. And the son said to his father, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servant, Bring quickly the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on, on his hand and shoes on his feet and bring the fattened calf and kill it. And let us, have a, let us celebrate, for this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And, and they began to celebrate. Interesting. Jesus tells a story. And remember, it's a story. I mean, it doesn't necessarily mean that the, those, those characters that he's using, they existed. He, it's a parable, which is an illustration. And in the parable, you've got to always... Find the characters. It's like a plot. It's like a drama. And you got to find out who. So this, he said, there's a father who had two sons. The younger said to his father, give me the share of my inheritance. In other words, what this, the youngest son was asking his dad is, you know, to me, you're dead. Because when would the kids, with, when would the kids, the children get the inheritance when the parents are gone? So he wanted it right now. Give me my portion. So the father, said the father divided the portion, gave it to the youngest, and he took off. He left. He left home. So he went to a, uh, to a distant country, and there squandered, spent all the money that he had. And then something happened to that, to that son, according to the story that Jesus tells, because finally when he had spent everything, he began to be in need. Now think about that for a moment, because when he was with the father, he had everything over there. Maybe for the first time in his life, he's going to feel what hunger is, is like. And so he didn't have any money, so he decided to look for a job, went and hired himself and some, uh, to a citizen of the country, says that he sent him... To take care of some pigs. Interesting enough. Jesus is talking to a a Jewish audience. Mentioning pigs. It will be repulsive. For a Jewish audience. And it's like. You know. I can can picture the Pharisees. Like where is he going with the story? You know pigs. Like really? Couldn't you say that he went to to hire himself to be a shepherd? Why does he have to be a. You know. Herding pigs. It. The kid, the boy, which Jesus doesn't say the name, a father, two sons, this is the youngest one. And, you know, it's called the prodigal son because the word prodigal means that you're reckless, uh, like reckless living. You're spending like crazily. So he, he says that he, he was so in need that he wanted to eat the food that the, the pigs were eating. Now, that's hunger. Can you imagine that even the, the, the pig's food will be appealing to you at the moment? I mean, you know, he was in need for the first time. He's away from the father. He's by himself now. And then finally, 
reality check. He said, he, the Bible said he came to himself and says, how many of my father's servants are better off than I am right now? Even the higher men in my father's house have enough bread to eat. And here I am starving to death. And then he said, I'm going to get up and go to my father and say, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I'm not even worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your workers. So finally, he realized, you know, everybody who's in my father's house are better off. I wasted everything. You know, it's like he, the Bible said he came to himself. It's like, I'm going to go back home even if, my fa- even if my dad treats me as somebody who's one of, one of the higher men that he has. That's why he, he knew he couldn't come back home as a son again. In the story, because he had the inheritance everything. So he said, I, I just want to go home because even the higher servants, they have, be- they have more bread than I am right now. So he decided to go. And then the Bible said when, when he was far off, his father saw him. He made the decision to go home. And then it's, uh, verse 18, he set, out and, uh, he set out to go back to the father and said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of you higher men. The father was waiting for him because when the father saw him still a way off, he says that he ran. That's another thing in the story that Jesus said a lot of things that, you know, it would be really awkward for the audience to hear. You talk about pigs to a Jewish audience. You talk about fathers running in that culture. That would have happened, you know, because of how it was a patriarchal society. You know, it's like you stay there. And like, I mean, the father had the power to say, sorry, you, don't, you, you cannot come home. You left already. But it shows you, Jesus is portraying through the story, the heart of God. The father ran towards the son when he saw him coming home. And he says, the Bible says he was moved to compassion. Now it's interesting, the word compassion in the Bible, it's like it happens in your gut. You know, the Bible says that Jesus, when he saw people, how they were living, they looked helpless, like sheep without a shepherd, and he had compassion on them. Like something, with, something from within Jesus went out, like for the people, like, wow. You know, you know how it is when you see something like, and your heart goes out to that. So picture this father, see the son coming home. It's like, and the son already rehearsed the speech. He said, Father, I have, I have sinned against you. That's what I'm going to tell my dad. I have sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your servants. The father was moved by the son coming home. He says that he had compassion or pity, depending on the translation you're reading. He embraced his son and kissed him. And then the son, the uh, the speech that he rehearsed, he said, Father, it's almost like saying, I'm sorry, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your servants. And the father interrupted the speech. He says, quick, bring the best robe. Put a robe on him, clothing. Put a ring on his finger. You know, this idea of the robe that, you know, the the imagery right there is that he's receiving him back as a son, not as a servant, not as a worker. My son is back. Put a robe, put a robe on on him and clothing and put a ring in his finger. That ring symbolized you're going to have the authority in this house. You're not going to be a higher man. You have the same authority as the father. Because, you know, in in that culture, you remember when when, uh, kings would have a ring, they would... would, uh, 
uh, sign contract with a ring and you have the authority. So the father is giving the son his authority back. He's welcoming, welcoming the son, not as a slave, not as a servant, but as a son. You know, yeah, you live, but you're back. Come back. So put a ring on his finger. You have the authority as a father in this house. And here's the third demonstration that he's receiving him back as a son. He says, put sandals on his feet. And let's have a party, he said, because this son of mine was dead and he's alive again. He was lost, but he's found. Interesting. The father said right there, the moment that that kid, the moment the son walked away from the father, he was lost. He was dead. But when he came back, now he's alive and he's found. You see, when he repented, came back, the father forgave him. You know, the father never once said, well, you know, you, I, you, <laughs> you should have known better. I told you so. It wasn't that moment for the speech. He was so happy that you're back safe and sound. And let's kill the fattened calf and let's have a party because that's, my son was dead. He's alive again. He was lost and he was found. Heaven throws a party because when you look back at the story, the story of the lost sheep and the lost coin, they say there's rejoicing in heaven when sinners are found. They're rejoicing in heaven when, when sinners repent and come back to the Father. He just welcomes you. And, 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 you know, God is such a compassionate God that he doesn't look back and say, remember what you've done. You messed up bad. No, it's like you're back here. Forget about what you've done. I'm embracing you. I love you this much. And sometimes, man, I don't know about you, but I don't think we quite get that because we look at our lives, we look at our past, and it's like, man, we really messed up. We really messed up people. And how is it that God's going to love me and welcome me back? I mean, you know, many of us, like, one of the things in 1 Corinthians 13 that talks about that love keeps record, doesn't keep record of wrong. You know, you and I haven't learned that yet because it was like, well, five years you did this to me and we have this list. And it's like, and God is like, he throws it away. It's like, you're back. You're back and I'm going to love you because I don't look back to what you've done. And the, the song is practicing the speech. Father, I have sinned against heaven again. You don't, have, you don't need a speech. Well, put a rope on him. Put a ring in his finger. Put shoes on his feet. And let's have a party because my son is back. I don't know about you, but that is the heart of God. That is the heart of God when sinners repent. When, when we come back to the Father, He's always well. You see, God is like, the, God is illustrated in the Father. When you walk away from Him, even though it's going to hurt, it's going to hurt Him, He's always waiting. God is pursuing you. That's, that's a song, the rec, reckless love of God. He's loving you recklessly. And you and I don't understand that. It's like, you come back. Just like he recklessly wasted his property, God recklessly loved him back with love that you and I cannot even comprehend. Paul says, I don't know how deep, how wide the love of God is. We cannot even measure. One thing that we do know is that he loves us that deep, that much. Heaven goes wild when sinners repent. That's what Jesus said in the, in the previous stories. That, you know, there's more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner that repents over 99 righteous people that don't need to repent. So this prodigal son comes home, you know, and the father welcomes, welcomes him back. You see, heaven is rejoicing, but you see in the story, there's also the older brother. Not everyone is happy that sinners repent. Not everyone is happy when somebody comes 
and, and, and you know, and, and ask for looking for forgiveness. The, the older brother, he comes home and there's a party going on. There's music. And so he asks somebody, what's going on there? And the servant says, hey, your younger brother returned home and your father, your father has killed the fattened calf. Then he gets, the, the, the older brother gets angry. Let's just read that part over there. He doesn't even want to go in the house. Look at verse 25. Now his oldest son was in the field, and he came and, and drew near to the house. He heard music and dancing. And he called one of the servants and asked what these, what these things meant. And he said, your brother has come, has come, and your father has killed the fattened calf, because he has received them back safe and sound. But he was angry and refused to go in the house. His father came out and, and entreated with him, begged him, but he answered to the father, look, these years I have served you and never disobeyed your command. Yet you never gave me a young goat so that I might celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours, now you, you, you call that? He didn't say, so when my brother, no, he said, when this son of yours come home, you kill the fattened calf and throw a party for him. And the father said to the son, you are always with me. And all that is mine is yours. It was fitting to celebrate and be glad. For this your brother was dead and is alive again. He was lost. And now he's found. See, heaven is throwing a party over a sinner who repents. But in the younger brother is, is, is illustration of many of us. Sometimes that we, we think like, man, that person was so bad. He doesn't deserve a party. You know, it's like, why would you throw a party with somebody? He, he squandered, I mean, he said, he wasted your money with prostitutes. He went over there, and you're going to throw a party for him when he comes home? Come on, man. And, you know, it's like, I mean, he has a point. He doesn't deserve a party, but that's what you and I don't understand about the heart of God. Because he's, all the brothers still going by, like, you, you remember what he's done? What he's done? What, what he did for you? What he did to you? I don't want to go in the. I don't want to go in the house. The father had to come out and beg. Say, hey, you know, you're always with me. Everything that I have is yours. But it was fitting. It was suitable that we threw that we threw a party because your brother was dead. He's alive again. He's back home, safe and sound. While God is forgiving people, we still have a tough time forgiving people. Somebody who's done something to us, and, and, and we see him come. It's like I don't even want to. I don't even want to sit down next to them. That's the old, that's the older brother, because we think like they don't deserve because of what they've done to us. You see, my friends, you and I have a lot to learn about when it comes to forgiving people the way that God, the way that the Lord has forgiven us. It's like He doesn't deserve a party. He, I mean, come on, and He refused to go in. And we, I mean, Jesus doesn't go on to tell what, if, if He ever went in, you know. But it illustrates somebody who's willing to forgive. Versus somebody who's not willing to forgive. The father forgave the son, but the older brother did not forgive him. He did not go in the party because he understood that he did not deserve to have a party on his honor. I said the father had to come outside to plead with him. And it's like, look, look, all these years I have slaved. Some translations say I have, I've, I've been enslaving and serving you, and never disobey your orders. Yet you never gave me a young goat so that I can celebrate with my friends. In other words, 
The father said, everything I have is yours. You could have a young goat if you wanted it. You know, you never gave me anything. But now this son of yours, after he spent all your money with prostitutes, he comes home and you throw a party for him. You see, that's what we don't understand about the heart of God. He, the, the older brother is still taking rec- keeping record of what he's done. God doesn't do that. Remember, because he said, from, for, as far as the east is from the west, he has removed our transgression from us. I mean, you and I will have a tough time understanding God. Like, we, we, know, that we, we know that his love is amazing and hard to even describe and comprehend it. You know, if we understand what love is, it's because, because of God. Because you and I still, you know, our love is still based on condition. You know, it's like, if, well, you, you violate that. I, will, I don't love you anymore. And God's still not keeping a record. Like, I checked. Oh, yeah, you messed up bad. I remember. That's what we do. Psalm 103 reminds us of the love of God. And the good news that we have is like, you know, God so loved the world. Like, we, we, we talk so much, we preach so much about his love and, and sing about his love. How deep, like Ellie was talking, how deep the Father's love for me. You know, that saved somebody like me. We will never comprehend it. But that's the heart of God towards sinners. You know, and, and the love of God saying, it doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter how ugly your past has been, how nasty you have failed. There's always forgiveness. There's always love for somebody who comes back to God. Never, never think that you are too ugly, too nasty, too sinful to come to God. Because the moment you decide to come home, He will embrace you. He will kiss, he will kiss you and He will throw a party in heaven on your behalf. That's how much he loves you, man. And you know, you and I would never understand. It's like, and some of you who are father, you understand like how much you love your kids. That you would do everything for them. And that you will be hurt when they walk away from you. Or they say, I hate you. I don't want to have a relationship with you anymore. But man, when, when that relationship is mended and it's reconciled, I mean, you go crazy. You go out to eat. You throw a party because your son is back or your daughter is back. Psalm 103 says, he, talking about God, does not treat us as our sins deserve. Or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, we, we don't even know how high that is. You know. So as far as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. And check this out. It says, as a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. Man, I don't know about you, but you got you to gotta underline that thing. Like the love of God right there, he doesn't treat you as your sins deserve. He doesn't go back and say, I told you so. It's like, you should have known better. Yeah, you already messed up. You already feel bad about what you've done. It's time to embrace you and, 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 and forgive you and bring you back. And says, I love you because you're here. That's what the Lord, that's what God as a father does for us. He's the God, the, the father of compassion. You see, it doesn't matter how bad you blew it or how messed up you've been in the past. God is not taking those things into account. He says he doesn't, he doesn't uh, treat you 
as your sins deserve or repay you according to your iniquities. As high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgression. Do you know the east and the west will never touch? <laughs> they go opposite. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgression from us. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord God has compassion on those who fear him. You see, he'll welcome you with open arms as a child. He won't count your sin against you. When you come to him, God will always take you back. And, and you know, you and I will have, a, like I said, we have a tough time understanding that, that. Because we always go back like, man, I really, I really messed up bad. You don't understand. I mean, Paul can, can tell us how, you know, when, when he persecuted Christians, arrested them, and even killed somebody, and became one of the greatest evangelists of the Christian church, he and then he talks about the love of God because he understood, like, how can God love me? He says, I'm the chief of sinners. I, I, I'm such a, a sinner, and God still will love me, and he still wants to have a relationship with me. I don't get it. But that is the love of God, how much compassion he has toward those that will come back to him. Sinners, when sinners repent and lost people are found, heaven throws a party. And I think we should be joyous about that too. You know, part of me wondered when will be the next party that heaven is going to throw. Maybe when some of you listening, watching, are ready to come home to the Father. And heaven will go wild, man. Go crazy. Because lost people are found. Sinners repent. And the Father says, come. <laughs> Let's celebrate. Because my son, my daughter was lost. And they're found again. They were dead. And he's alive. Would you pray with me this morning?